Hello and welcome to a, another softpod sprint, the shorter, more digestible version of the softpod. I'm joined again by Joseph Gressa. How are you? Brother. How are you going? Very well. Very well. Icebreaker question for you today. Ideal destination. Holiday. Holiday? Yeah. Well... I'm about to go to Greece and Italy, mm. so oh, in a few weeks when I come back, I'll, I'll say that, hopefully. Okay. Yeah. Um, motherland. The motherland, where it all began. Never never been to Italy, so I'm really excited. Really? No. Yeah. Greece has also been there a few times. Yeah. Um, crazy one that I'd like to go is somewhere in South America. It terrifies me, but also mm. excites me at the same time. Yeah. And I'd probably like to go with my mate, Jono. Okay. Should you include reasons why or keep that one up to the secrets? He's a crazy dude. Okay, cool. Now, I believe that you're flipping the script on me, which I'm excited about. So I am. I'll, I'll, let I you, am. I'll let you take the, take the leads. Mate, so we've spoken about, you know, me and our journey the last few weeks. Kieran's been on and we've spoken about data. Rory has been on and spoken about his thing, which has been great. We haven't really spoken about your journey. Yeah. The EP program. We've, we've dabbled in the EP program. And even more recently, your sort of transition from just being an EP in inverted commas to what we're building it into going forward. Yep. So for the people at home, give us a bit of a backstory. Where did it start from the EP perspective? When did you come up here? Yeah. Where are you from? Yeah. And then we'll sort of roll into that. So what people don't know is you're the only one who didn't go through our internship process. Mm-hmm. But that obviously started somewhere. Yeah. Where did it start? Smart started as a small town boy in Canberra. Um, and obviously studied EP at uni. I guess depending on how far you want to go back. To be very honest with you, when I finished school, obviously I had to do all the uni applications. I was going to do physio, but exercise physiology was there and... I was like, oh, yeah, give it a go. The original plan was going to physio. And it wasn't until I was going to uni that I actually sort of fell in love with the whole aspect of what ex-phys is, what it means, how you interact with clients, the the variability that you can have in terms of um, who you work with, what you do. And I essentially just comes from a passion of liking to help people. My... Um, I've always, my, if I was to be, my dream job as a, a little kid was to be a rescue helicopter pilot. Obviously not, not yet. Not yet. Not yet, maybe one day. But like from just a very young age, I've always wanted to help people. And I guess that's where this has come from, stemmed from in terms of like I've always playing sport as a kid and this way of connecting with people, I've always enjoyed it. So obviously went to uni, did all that, finished, um, had a few offers for places to work from where I did placement, which was always nice. They liked me. But after living in Canberra for 22 years at that age, at that point, I didn't really want to be there. So I moved to South Coast. Um, For those that don't know Canberra well, an hour away on the coast, Bowman's Bay, lovely place. Um, which was nice. I was there for a year. That was the year COVID 
all happened. And I think that was uh, quite a, a a good year for me in terms of my own development. development. I moved out of home, away from home, by myself, lived in a house by myself. And I think it's what I needed as a person to grow up at that time. And then was working in a clinic down there. COVID hit, everything sort of happened. Move, had to move back to Canberra. And then with my partner, sort of after having a taste of being away from Canberra, was kind of like together. We don't really want to be here. And then it was sort of stemmed from wanting to move away from Canberra and I was looking up. I wanted, I know, knew I wanted to be in a place that was warmer. Sort of was looking anywhere from Wollongong north and then... Jeez. Yeah, very broad, <laughs> broad uh, uh, space. I knew I didn't want to live in Sydney, uh, but wanted to be, I guess, near the beach, warmer space. And then was looking at jobs, job applied for science fitness, applied straight away, checked them out, socials, all that, and like instantly I'd say like I loved it, loved the vibe, loved the look of it, applied and then had a, I still remember it to this day, had a Zoom meeting with you and Kieran and then you being like, um, we'll get back to you in a couple of days, we've got a few people other to interview, blah, blah, blah. And I can't remember if it was the next day or the two days after, but it's like, you've been successful. You now have to have an interview with Frankie, our head exercise physiologist. And then I remember having that. It was on a Wednesday. I was freaking out. I had that interview. Big with, bad Frankie. Big bad Frankie. I had an interview with Frankie over Zoom. And I remember her being like, okay, cool. Again, we have a few people that we need to interview. Um, but you'll hear from us shortly if you're successful or whatever. And then that night I was going out for dinner with Claire and her um, sister. And then I remember driving at the time and my phone ringing in the car. And obviously I was a good boy, didn't answer it. And then got out of the car and then checked the number. It was unknown number. Looked the number up on Google, as I always do with unknown numbers. (laughs) And and then realised that it was Science Fitness calling me and called you back at the time and then you offered me you said obviously all the things you offered me the job I was like awesome and then told Claire before dinner and we had dinner in secret because we didn't tell Claire's sister at the time because we hadn't told anyone we were going to move yeah. essentially and that was I think early December moved up here January 12th I believe yeah big move Drove up and the rest is history. Essentially, that was a very long answer. That was a long so, answer, but I'm glad we went there. I think I think from memory, I called you at like six thirty or something. Yeah, and then I said like, Matt, well, call me back or something. The time difference. Yeah, true. It was. It would have been. Yeah, it would have been around Canberra dinner time, so about seven, which would have been six. Yeah, I remember calling you. I was like, why isn't this guy picking up? Yeah. What are yeah. you doing? Are you in bed or something? No, driving. Driving to get dumplings. Oh, I, I remember it very vividly. Yeah. Right. Such a great time in my life. Good on you. Okay. So, awesome. You've been up here. You've come. You've been a part of the program. Now, you and obviously Frankie were spearheading this at the time. Um, What did you learn in that initial stage with Frankie? And then from there, she's obviously moved on to London. Um, How has that transition been since A, coming on board and B, uh, her moving on to bigger and better things? Mm -hmm. Miss you, Frankie. Miss you. And now, you know, you're running the program. 
Yeah, it's been an awesome time. And I think, I guess, to answer the first part is what I've learned from Frankie and as a great mentor, I think moving up here was obviously a, a big, big leap and still fresh out of uni. Still, this my first year here was still only my second year out of uni, so I still had a lot to learn, still a lot to learn to go forth. But I think the my whole outlook in terms of what exercise and movement was changed a lot. I think like I think she was the first person that really delved dive deep dive into like breath work and breathing and exercise and that sort of stuff. And that was where because you're not taught that at uni at all. So I think that the way I sort of approached working with clients and helping them achieve their goals was quite instrumental from Frankie. So I think I learned a lot from her and moving forward and I'll always probably credit that year that I had with her as a a really enjoyable time and learnt a lot from her. And then I guess moving forward into now, the transition, it's been it's been enjoyable and it's been obviously challenging for me, I think. And we've what we've found is well I guess I've never been in the position where I have to not necessarily be in charge, be the leader and be in charge of other other people and I guess up and coming EPs like we have in Oscar, Zach and Billy and they're now it's at a point where I need to delegate specific roles to them and get them to do specific things and that's not necessarily a strong point for me. I've always, even going back to uni school, if it's a, a group assignment, I've always wanted to do it all because I like to do things my way. But now it's obviously at a point where I have to hand over the reins and delegate things to specific people and I think that is a challenge for me and it's a challenge that I'm happy to take on board and I look forward to but I the the transition has been fun it's nice to sort of have a bit of ownership over something and like we've sort of talked about previously it's it gives you a chance to imprint what you want to on a certain program whether it be people or whatever it may be and I'm excited for that and excited for the future awesome now for the guys and girls listening at home, what people might not know is you're one of the busiest practitioners we have, right? It's when it comes to being busy, you also bring in one of the most amounts of revenue we have. Um, so, you know, they kind of go hand in hand and you're still, I would say a, a newish face here relative to the furniture and which is Rory Tim's and the likes. Yeah. How have you gone from, small town camera boy to being one of the busiest practitioners we have in the space of what how long has it been two years uh, one, eight, eight months one, eight, six, eight months yeah yeah nearly one and a half how have you gone from zero to number one in 18 months in terms of like how I've actually got here or like I don't know tell me your thoughts what do, what do you think you've done that people can learn from at home because you've literally come from a town where you've known no one Yes. You've had to make all new friends, yes. all new staff friends, meet all our clients, retain those clients, make those clients enjoy spending time with you, mm. which I don't know how you've done that. Just and you've just done chat. <laughs> um, like to be serious, it's, um, I think, well, there's a few things here. I think it's, I didn't realize how big of a move it was until I think I 
had a bit of a break after like a few months after we moved up here and I didn't realize how much of an effect it actually took on me mentally sort of like stress as until I did had that break and then came back and felt re- like rejuvenated so I think at the time I didn't necessarily figure out how much stress it actually took and but we recovered from that and that's fine and I think I guess I I've never probably probably thought about how I've managed it but the way I approach my work is I do have a gen like not obviously saying people don't have this but I do have a genuine care for the clients that I interact with I I love I think the major thing for me is I'm a curious person like the person in front of me I find them super interesting everything that has led them to the point where they are like I want to know everything like I just find it so fascinating and I find people in general very interesting and I think that genuine interest in knowing people's stories knowing what works for them what doesn't work for them I think it obviously rubs off on them in terms of what they they sense from me and the vibe that they get and I think that obviously must lead to um, them wanting to stay with me and it's interesting because I if you ask probably people from Canberra people from school whatever I'm not a very talkative person. Like I was always quite shy as a kid. Not I'm. I wouldn't say I'm an extrovert. I'm quite introverted. If you speak to Claire, I like to just do nothing at home, just chill out. Um, but it's it's interesting when I'm on the gym floor and I'm working with clients. Like that's where I feel. Just I love it. I love talking to people. I'm happy to talk about anything. I've talked. Have some weird chats with weird clients, but that's what I enjoy the most about. The job is connecting with people, actually learning about them so that I can service them as best as I can. Now, that for me sounds quite, you know, visionary in nature. And you said this, you've said this a few times where you can kind of see the big picture, but sometimes struggle to break down the smaller things. But obviously, you're doing something on a small scale regularly for them to come back regularly. Mm. So, you know, you talk about seeing them and connecting with them. On a micro level or a task level, what would you say that you would do every session or every day that contributes to them having that epic experience? Because everyone can talk to people, Mm. but you must do something each time. I must, probably subconsciously. I think, like, I wish I could say, oh, I send them a text or something like that every day to make them feel welcome. I think um, what I do... A lot with clients is like I, if I really want to get nitpicky with, I, I can genuinely ask how they're doing on a, like a specific level, and I want to get to know people. And I think there's nothing too special to it, nothing that I can think of that I'm like that's my special source. I think it's just a I I look after them. I have a deep care for them. I think. I generally ask what they want and I think I pay close attention to if they they say a specific goal. I do like to, my memory isn't the best, but I know if some if a client says something to me, I want to remember that so that say they have, oh, I've got a, a specific thing in two weeks that I'm really looking forward to. I make a mental note that in two weeks I want to ask about that so that they feel like I genuinely care about 
what they got, what they've got on their lives outside of the gym. And I think my approach to dealing with clients is like I, and it may sound weird doing what I do for work, but I am humble enough to realize that the 30 minutes that they do in the gym isn't necessarily going to be the be all and end all, but I deeply believe that it's the, the 30 minutes, whatever it is in the gym that enables them to do whatever they want outside the gym. Like it's 30 minutes out of 24 hours of their day. So they come three times a week. That's an hour, hour, hour and a half out of what is it? 168 hours that we have in a week. Like it's, so minuscule in terms of the overall bigger picture and I just try and make that 30 minutes however long the best part of the day that's how I look at it I think that's really insightful and one of the biggest problems that especially young trainers would face is growing their list right and one of the easiest way to grow your list is to retain everyone on your list Mm. is that something that's crossed your mind at all in terms of growing my list, retaining my list, or has it been more of a, I'm just trying to do the best job every single time and by default it's grown? Um, There's definitely been parts when I'm thinking, okay, like how can I service the people that I'm serving better? I think the thing is just human nature that we get comfortable, we get into a certain way that things are going smoothly. Um, I can keep going here and there'll be no issues, but I'm someone that doesn't necessarily like that. I always like, um, I like to sort of reflect on how things are going and what I can do better. So from that aspect, that's probably my way of trying to retain people, um, sort of looking at how I can continue to serve them better. But in terms of like growing my list, it's, and it hasn't, I guess it's sort of the best sort of referral system in my mind is word of mouth in terms of like, if I can get my clients to tell their friends or family, they've been like, this person helped me because they generally cared or whatever. That's what I like the most in terms of, I guess, growing my list. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, it's the, re- the retention that, People, I think, if I can remember, I think I've probably, in terms of longer-term clients, like if you take out people such as on EPCs that only have a certain amount of time here, from longer-term clients, I think I've lost, off the top of my head, two over one and a half years, which I think is a pretty good score. Epic. Um, And they have, they've, one was, I guess, a location thing and two was a, a time thing. So, but I'm also something like that's too, too many. Obviously, yeah. I know that it's it's a thing that you, there's some things you can't control, but I guess that's how I look at that and that's just who I am as a person. Yeah, no, awesome. And I think that's really, again, good knowledge, especially for future EPs, future coaches, because you do such a good job at it mm. and it's not talked about enough Uh list management for lack of a better word um what the clients experience and everything now in terms of ep i want to ask you two questions or one question for two certain hats what has been one of the biggest challenges you've faced from a provider practitioner perspective since joining the program or joining soft 
Great question. Biggest challenge as me providing an EP service. Yeah, so you as an exercise physiologist, and it can be anything to do with exercise physiology, what's been one of the biggest challenges you've faced? think I think it's probably and it's 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 interesting because it's also what I enjoy about the job but the different hats I'll call it that you have to wear and it comes from the the like I mentioned the thing I enjoy the most about EP is the variability of the clients that you work with but that also means that you have to deal with a lot of different people at certain times so what I'm trying to say is and it's quite not stressful tiring in terms of and I think at the start of last year when I first started I definitely didn't manage it as best as I could but now I definitely have a better idea about it but it's You'll start off your day with a just a regular group fitness class as per normal. That's fine. Then you may have a client that comes in with a certain chronic health condition. Then you have to deal with a, a client that may have an intellectual disability. Then you have to go back to another chronic uh, condition client. And then you have, say, a class of over 50s. Then you may have a bit of a break and then you go to another client who may be a musculoskeletal injury. Then you have another client that may have a different intellectual disability and so forth. And I think it's maintaining your, I guess, your knowledge level to all of them and being on top of how you service each client best. And also the way you talk to a person, a 20-year-old is very different to how you talk to an over 50s to the way you talk to a... Uh, a person with an intellectual disability not saying that you talk differently like the way you speak but I guess what you talk about how you best deal with the conversation and so forth so I think wearing those different hats throughout the day by the end of the day you're knackered but it's also you you have to remember that and I think this is a quote that I've found very stark that I love it's like they may be like your last session for the day, but it's their first session of the day. And you have to not necessarily raise your energy level to that standard, but you have to continue giving your best service to that person. Because like I mentioned, like I try and make that the best part of their day. And I guess that's probably the biggest struggle. Well, the biggest struggle that I have had is how to manage those different hats throughout the day. Yep. Thanks for sharing that. I think that's really, really interesting to hear. And, um, it's important everyone, I suppose, is aware of when you do put a level of care into the client, it is taxing. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not good old-fashioned moving bricks around. Like, yeah. it's not physical labor, but you are spent at the end of the day. And, like, say you have eight clients in a day or however it may be. If they're all having bad days, that's eight clients with all different issues yeah, you that, put they, in. that they just you I've always joked about like you you're almost like a psychologist to some of these people yeah like they just there's a high interest on each of them yeah yeah you, they just dump everything on you that probably takes an emotional burden and strain on you throughout the day and then if you don't manage that then it 
builds up to weeks and so forth. So I think that's probably the main thing that I'm definitely better at managing now. But when you're first out of uni and I think you, you, you're keen, you're eager, you want to have as many people on, but you got to also look after yourself. Yeah. No, I agree. Now, there's a few programs that we have going and I think they deserve their own episode. So I want to wrap today's one up with just an important consideration from your point of view. I'm a third or fourth year exercise physiology student, um, getting close to graduating, about to enter the workforce. What's your closing comments, closing thoughts, or something you could tell them in terms of what to expect in the industry, knowing that they're going to be a first year, second year? Great question. Um, it's my honest answer is that it's going to look a lot different to what you expect from uni. I think it obviously, obviously you have placements of things towards the end of the, the, um, the uni time, but you learn everything once you're out of uni. Essentially uni is good for baseline knowledge, but like you don't learn the people skills, you don't learn all that sort of the other side, if not the most important part of uh, being an EP until you've actually worked with people. And then once you're out of uni, then it's all about, like I mentioned, working with as many people as you can while sort of managing how, how many people, but just throw yourself in, learn as much as you can about from whoever you want to. And I think if I could impart some wisdom, just be interested in people like you I do believe that people get into the industry for the right reasons and like they do have that care and that consideration of people but be interested be caring um, have fun with it I think it's a growing industry which is really exciting and I think obviously the the more people that we get in here that are good people and actually want to help people then obviously the better off everyone is awesome mate well Thank you for your answers. That turned out to be more of a middle distance job than a sprint, yeah, yeah. but it we wasn't quite a marathon. We can cut it up into two. Oh, no, that was great. Um, until next time. Until next time. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers, brother. Well, we thank you for listening to a, another episode of the Soft Pod. We are very grateful that you're choosing to listen to us, and I just want to finish this episode off with a word from our sponsors, TH7 and Body Labs, who are the latest elite performance recovery and wellness facility here in West End in Brisbane designed to help you feel better and live longer. Born from the belief that the latest performance, recovery and wellness therapies should be available to everybody, TH7 offers evidence-based protocols designed to help recover, reset and refocus. So go give them a visit, listen to our podcast while you're there and we'll catch you next time.